TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter Scott Mitchell joins us on the line. Uh, Scott, have you been to Russia ever? I have not. It's not on the bucket list. If you were in Russia, would you do anything even remotely out of line? Yes, because I'm slightly insane and I don't really have, don't really make the smartest decisions. So Wow. You, so the, the thought of a gulag does not in any way trouble you. This is, that's, you're a dangerous man. I like that. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, I would. I would definitely find myself in in some shenanigans. I don't know that it'd be on a soccer pitch. That that would be uh, probably probably not my first choice. You might find yourself with some cesium laced into your coffee, and you never know. I mean, hey, I I went to Moscow, and then my life changed. Hey, uh, Marcus <laughs> Stroman is an interesting character. Yes, that was a nice segue there. I like that. I so doing Sports Center last night, and the Marcus Stroman story breaks out. Uh, the Toronto Sun saying that Marcus Stroman uh, kind of went off. He was uh, well. I don't. I don't want to steal the whole story, but the the story from the Sun was that he said we're terrible. Which I mean, accurate. I don't know if you should say it, but accurate. What do we know about the, what actually happened in the locker room with Stroman? Yeah, I mean that that's the one thing. He- argue with is, is the accuracy of that statement and i mean full disclosure first of all i, I was not there last night so um you know great accounts from from steve buffery of the toronto sun and, and keegan matheson of uh, baseball toronto they were both both there and uh, i chatted with with keegan just about exactly what happened and um arash is uh, arash madani as well and you know you look at at you know the you know it, i guess First of all, Stroman is a fiery guy. We all know this. And, you know, after games, especially a loss, especially in one, ones that he pitches, because that's really the only time he, he speaks to the media at this point. But when you when you look at, at an Oculus question, um, setting him off, that isn't a surprise. And, and him going to, um, you know, saying that, that this team isn't, isn't good is, is not a surprise either. So when you look at the whole situation, really, um, you know, I'm not surprised by any of it. And I, I think this shows just exactly where this Blue Jays club is, you know, as a team uh, from a mental standpoint. And, you know, I think the frustration has caught up with them. And, you know, had Stroman not been on the DL for, for six weeks, um, you know, I, I fully expect this would have happened, uh, you know, a heck of a lot sooner because, you know, that, that's how he is. I mean, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Some people hate it. Some people um, love it. You know, some people think he just needs to find a, a little bit of a different time and place for some of these things. But, um, you know, you can't argue with uh, with what he said at this point. And, you know, you get a real sense of where this team is at heading into the All-Star break. Well, apparently he was asked, according to the story, he was asked about his time in single-A ball in Vancouver. We were discussing it last night, and, I mean, the, the thought among amongst our producers was, well, if he did more than talk on game day, he, he would get these questions at a different time, but what seems inappropriate after you just lost a game, it's the only time they have to ask you. Is that, is that the way it goes with him? Well, yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing. It, it's such a balancing act, and, and you know, there has to be respect on, on both sides of the ledger when you're in situations like this. Because, yeah, you, as a professional journalist, you don't have many opportunities to speak to Marcus Stroman. And if you're working on a feature that, you know, is due in a week, due in two weeks, especially with the timing of the All-Star break right now, which obviously played a role in this, um, you know, you have questions that, you know, maybe aren't pertaining to the game, maybe are more of, a, you know, an outside-the-box question for a feature or something like that. Um, you know, as a professional journalist, you have to get those clips, get those quotes. 
uh, and you only have a, a limited uh, window to do that. And, and you know, what you do is you wait until the, the game questions are over and then you say, hey, you know, Marcus, I know this is, uh, you know, kind of, you know, not on, on topic today, but, uh, you know, we're just wondering about your time uh, when you were with the Vancouver Canadians. And, um, you know, that's a respect level that the, the journalist has to have for the player who's coming off, uh, you know, a game and in, in, in a heated moment and, you know, uh, has a tendency to be emotional. But there has to be that respect on the other side where the player understands that this is a person ha- that has a job to do, that has superiors that he has to answer to. And is just trying to get, um, you know, a, a very simple quote about his time, uh, you know, five, six years ago in Vancouver coming up through the system. So, um, you know, you just need to be able to answer that. And, you know, when the cameras were on, uh, Marcus did that. When the cameras were off, he had another, um, you know, feeling about that question and, and wasn't too happy with it. So, I mean, I, I think what you just need to realize is the environment in which this question was asked. And, you know, I think uh, I think Marcus needs to, to maybe just realize that, there's a, you know, everyone has a job to do and everything may not be, um, you know, as sequential as he would like it. Well, and it's not like it was one of those questions that we hear about from the NFL Combine interviews about, hey, did your... And did your parents resort to criminal activity to fund you playing? For, like, just it wasn't anything, in even remotely controversial. And I, I don't know where where everybody's at with with Strowman, but I've been uh, this his act has worn thin for me a couple of years ago. And yeah, I don't I don't entirely know what to make of him uh, anymore. Scott Mitchell, our TSN 1050 Jays reporter, did you before before yesterday? How familiar were you with the sternoclavicular joint? Hey, coming from a football background, I, I know SC sprains better than anybody. So there you I, go. <laughs> it, it was it was kind of funny to to see that injury crop up because I had had some familiarity with it and I knew exactly kind of where it was and, and things like that. I mean, you, you cover a sport like football, you see a whole lot of those. And even Nikki Huffman, the the Blue Jays trainer, uh, yesterday said that uh, you know that's a very common injury in football and and car accidents as well. So um, you know, very. Um, I, I guess probably scary for for Kevin Pillar the way it, it kind of turned out and you know the way it, it could have turned out with uh, you know that uh, that that injury being you know just one different kind of push uh, back instead of forward um, away from being you know something a whole lot more serious so you know he kind of uh, I guess dodged a little bullet there but four to six weeks he's gonna be on the shelf for sure. Are you surprised it hadn't like this doesn't happen to him more often because he throws his body around like yeah. nobody else I can think maybe Kiermaier in Tampa but he is not afraid to throw his body around oh love it. A hundred percent I mean I, I'm surprised he hasn't spent more time on the DL and you know that's uh, that's just a testament to, to his body and a little bit of luck I mean you mentioned Kiermaier and he does the same thing and you know he's spent a, an extended stint on the DL in just about every season so uh, yeah I think Pilar has been lucky up to this point and you know you play with that kind of reckless abandon it's going to catch up with you and um, you know not good timing because at this point uh, Kevin Pilar is playing for a job next year and you know everyone on this roster right now the front office is in uh, full-on evaluation mode and especially when you look at a couple of the guys like Pilar and Devin Travis guys who have had extended playing time and haven't really shown um, you know the uh, the progress and improvement that you'd like to see over the last couple of years so, you know, kind of tough timing for him because now Randall is going to get a chance to run with that center field job for a little while. All-Star game is tomorrow. July 31st is also this month. And we start to think about the trade deadline. And we start to think about 
how the Jays and any asset they might want to be dealing is either injured or not playing particularly well right now. Uh, this this seems like unfortunate if you're the club. I mean, Pilar injured, Donaldson injured, Hap has lost three consecutive starts. Uh, what are they going to be able? It, are are they, let me just ask you this way: Are their trade values have they actually been affected? Well, the injuries, yeah. I mean, long term trade value, no. But in short term, um, you know, you're going to have trouble trading guys who aren't on the field, and, and no contender that is looking to improve their team is going to take you know the chance on any sort of uncertain uh, you know injury uh, aspect getting involved in, in any sort of trade. So I mean, you know, they're they're going to move on to other options if guys are hurt, and you know, the Blue Jays uh, have been. I mean, calling them unlucky at this point is just. Uh, you know, bit of an understatement because, yeah, you look at Josh Donaldson, you look at Marco Estrada, you look at Roberto Osuna, you look at uh, Ryan Tapera. Those probably would have been um, four of your more valuable trade ships. Some of them are controllable, some of them are expiring contracts. So that is a little bit of a different situation of in terms of the immediacy and the uh, you know, I guess the uh, the the panic button hitting to to kind of move those guys, but. Um, you know, Osuna and Tapera, had they been, um, you know, healthy and, and not had their uh, obvious legal troubles in, in Osuna's situation, uh, you know, these guys are the type of controllable relievers that, that bring a, a huge haul. And uh, obviously, Tapera got back on a mound this weekend, so that's a good sign for him. Sounds like Estrada is going to be ready to go in, in the uh, fourth game after the All-Star break, so that's a good sign. Donaldson, though, he's still kind of just working, slogging through the, the calf issue in, in Dunedin. So, um, you know, the front office, Ross Atkins, they're up against it right now. And, you know, they're going to have teams calling and, uh, you know, not offering <clears throat> full market value. And they're going to have to get creative and they're going to have to weigh um, some of these names and whether it's worth moving them right now for 50 cents on the dollar or if it's worth waiting in, until the offseason in some cases. Scott Mitchell, got to have you back later in the week because we have to talk about Roberto Asuna. I'm only here for a week, and I, 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 I can't imagine the Jays can really bring him back. But we, we unfortunately, no time for that right now. But we're going to talk about that because that is a whole quagmire, if you will, about what to do with Roberto Asuna. Scott Mitchell, our TSN 1050 Jays reporter. Thank you, my man. All right, man. Take care. Very much appreciated, Scott Mitchell joining us.